You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Coming off his incredible debut on Fight Island, Iron Mike Chandler is taking on Charles Oliveira for the UFC lightweight title this weekend at UFC 262. And DraftKings has you covered. DraftKings is the official daily fantasy partner of the UFC, and they're offering all customers a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA is really easy to play. You just pick six fighters, you stay under the cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. Daily fantasy basketball and hockey are still going on. The Flames still have four games left. We know they love to pile up the points at garbage time. That top line is looking pretty good. Johnny, Chucky, Lindholm. Hey, take a flyer to Mike Stone. He could win you some money. Michael Stone can win you money. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code THPN for your shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That promo code is THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. See DraftKings.com for details. Daryl, as an Albertan, uh, how unique a situation is it that your fate for the next two, you know, two of the next three nights rests in the hands of the Oilers? Because I'm from Alberta. Well, how unique a situation is well, it? Well, I guess if I, was, I guess if I was from Saskatchewan, it would make a difference, but it doesn't really matter to me. Don't you, the irony of uh, you know Flames fans now having to cheer for the Oilers is that uh, is that lost on you? Well, I think there's lots of people that cheer for Connor McDavid. I do too. You certainly will be over the next couple of nights. Okay, we'll go to Solemn next. Some of these guys don't want us to win. Hey? Hard to believe. What a fucking loser! Oh, you're sure you're gonna be you're gonna cheer for Connor, right? <laughs> is the irony lost on you? Is the irony lost on you? Do you know what irony is? <laughs> As he was asking that question, it was just like, dude, this is over. Why do you keep digging your date grave even deeper, bud? Stop. Nothing is lost on him. You're lost, clown. Is the irony like, oh, my Lord. Eric Francis is Daryl Sutter's bitch, and I'm very happy. How uh, how much did he get off on that, eh, when he was just like, oh, you're going to be cheering for Connor, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, like man. He could barely even say he it. Could he could barely so, contain himself. He was so giddy about it. Oh, you're going to have to cheer for me. <laughs> Oh my god! Like, fuck. like, what an idiot! Like, does this guy have one friend in his in his entire 
Like, I'm curious. Do you think nobody, he has one friend? Nobody likes you, Eric. I don't. I don't think anyone could like uh, could like you. Even the guys who you're, even the people who are paid to be on the radio with you, don't like you. No, they're professional to you. They don't like you. Nobody likes you. You're a fucking loser. Nobody likes you. <laughs> like, imagine being paid money. Like, I'll, I'm sure he's well compensated for his job as a professional journalist. Job? And that's like, what, and that's what you're asking. What does he do? I'm curious. Like, seriously. If like, you're saying, like, you're like, you, know, you just called it a job. He gets paid to do what exactly? Ask questions that was it's like, does he know he's a sports journalist and not like on entertainment tonight or something ridiculous? Remember when he told us that um, Dom Simon and Josh Lee were going to be top six players on, the, on this team? Hey, Dom Simon, he plays with Sidney Crosby. High praise, high praise from Crosby. He'll be a top six player, a top six option in this group. Hey, but no brainer. Hiring Jeff Ward was a no brainer, man. Yeah. Those, and like these are his takes. That and the Johnny Gaudreau wants out of Calgary. Never wanted to be here to begin with. Hates it here. Those are his takes. He gets paid. Like that's what I don't. I don't understand it. He's got to be the most overpaid bum in sports. Like again, like did you listen? You just heard it, so yes. Like what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> you have Daryl Sutter up there on the podium, and you're like, "Gotta mm, get cheer for McDavid, eh?" Like, like, it, like that's literally sounds like something you'd see in like some bullshit Hollywood like presser thing, where it's like they're talking, they're doing a movie tour, and you ask some fun fake funny question like what are you doing my guy he's so stupid dude i don't understand i don't know if he'll be back next year eric he's too scared to come back like it, it's never been like this the fan base has never been so irate with eric francis i don't think they weren't like this the last last season we did this i think it was something that's becoming very apparent with this whole uh zoom thing is if you're not like because there's not a lot of people like hardcore fans will watch the press post game stuff usually but usually in the scrums and stuff you don't really know who's asking the questions it's not really in the dressing room the questions are a little less ridiculous now it's like these guys are sitting at home with nothing to do but pontificate about these dumb stupid questions they're going to ask and then when they get their name said <laughs> before they ask them it's like it's it's pretty much shining a light on how terrible like 99% of hockey media is this year. It's funny because I was watching the the presser after the Senators game. And Eric Francis was like the third or fourth guy to get a question, but you, like Daryl is getting tired of this media. All of them. Oh, I know. Danny Austin, I think. Yeah, it was Danny Austin. It's just like, so, yeah, I mean, you you know, we know you stress winning 3-2. What's it like? Is it nice to win 6-1? I don't stress winning 3-2. <laughs> Dummy. 
Like, can we get a Daryl Sutter unfiltered, please? Could you imagine? His dummy is implied. Like, it's it's not even it's not even like slightly implied. It's just like, and you can <laughs> see it in his face while they're asking him oh. questions. Like, his face alone is just priceless. And he's actually making comments. So, last week, this um somebody caught this pretty quick where. Francis asked a question and then afterwards, because it was cut out on the website. Yeah, but I after, couldn't I couldn't find it. You couldn't find it. Yeah, but after the question, he says, What kind of question was that? <laughs> that was an Eric Francis question. He looks over, what kind of question was that? Shaking can, his head. You can hear it under his breath. He's just like, What kind of question is that? Unreal. Like But tonight he's not even it's not even under his breath. He looks at the guy, mod- he looks at the moderator going, some of these guys don't want us to win. Unbelievable. Hard to believe. I can't believe you said that. <laughs> you know, he's sick of this media and he's sick of Eric Francis. Eric Francis is trending once again, trending on Twitter. Daryl Sutter trending on Twitter. What a beauty. I, you know what? I don't even care how good of a hockey coach Gerald Sutter is. I love having him around just for these. Yeah, it's been great. Eh? God, the media has been. So I just annoying. can't believe that's the, those are the kind of questions you have to, if you're an NHL head coach, like I've heard Warner talk about how annoying it is. These media guys like Warner's like you come off the ice. You just got bowled over by Eric Lindros. You can barely think. You're sweating half to death. You're just trying to get your catch your breath, and then you got Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Oh yeah, so uh, is the irony lost on you that you're gonna have to play Connor? It's just like <laughs> the amount of nonsense that players and coaches have to put up with from media is just mind-boggling. Like imagine you're Daryl Sutter, and those these are the questions you're getting night in and night out. Two-time Stanley Cup champion. Is the irony, is it lost? Like, you're from Alberta. Is the irony lost on you? (laughs) (laughs) You're going to be cheering for Connor David now. (laughs) It's insane. Holy cow. It's hilarious. They need to create some sort of, you know, WWE out of this where Daryl gets to just like put on a pair of boxing gloves and just every every night the dumbest question he just gets the fucking one swing right in the <laughs> nose. That's your punishment for asking the stupidest question of the night. And I mean the fact that like we're singling out Francis, but there's plenty of ridiculous dumb questions to go around. Well, because Francis, hey, like like you said. There's dumb questions, but at least they end at dumb. They're not dumb and maliciously targeted towards the players and the team. Oh, Daryl, tell me how terrible is Johnny Girl tonight? Oh, just tell me. I need to know. Uh, I've got to know. Uh, is he pretty much uh, completely ineffective otherwise? Oh, so ineffective, isn't he? Isn't that fair to say? Oh, just let me tell me. Held to my face, whispered in my ear. <laughs> what a fucking clown! Oh boy, and this I is don't how- honestly, I honestly, oh, I don't understand. I don't see how he's hired again. I don't see how he's hired back. Did you did you fill in that um, questionnaire? 
the fan, 960 one fan 960 yeah they had a questionnaire oh yeah who what uh <laughs> what on-air talent don't you like and stuff like that like i mean is the cat not out of the bag now is it well I mean, listen you, you have david riddick you have ryan leslie he knows he knows what's going on all the players apparently like we we post that thing on twitter and instagram of Lindholm and Kachuk just like they're just can't even contain themselves just laughing at this idiot right in front of him I guess he's not there he's on zoom but still and then you got David Riddick saying like talking to Ryan Leslie going I talked to good guys like you I talked to bad guys like you know who I'm talking about oh I wonder who that could be (laughs) Anyways, moving on. Michael Stone is going to be a flame again next year, isn't he? <laughs> Why? Why is this happening? He was good tonight again. Dude, what a laser. That goal was something. Um, he's been pretty solid defensively. There's one play in particular where his breakout pass, I could not believe. He just like rifled it up the ice, cross. Cross uh, across the ice through the neutral zone, right tape to tape. Their, like, break, their breakouts were sexy and clean tonight. Oh, yeah. They've been working on stuff. Oh, no, just got to get the emotion level up. Just got to play that music. Get the guys having fun. Get that emotion going. Don't worry about the breakout. That'll sort itself out. Here's my uh, trifecta to winning. One, <laughs> have some fun. <laughs> Two, hate to lose. You got to hate it like where it really hurts. That's how bad. If you don't hurt, you don't hate it enough. And three, got to play with that emotion. Your emotion level's got to be there. Okay? Emotional engagement. Have to be emotionally engaged. If you're not emotionally engaged, you're not going to win. What about the uh, What about the breakout? Are you going to work on that? Don't need to. As long as we're having fun, hate to lose, and the emotion level's up. Guaranteed success. Guaranteed W. <laughs> did Jeff Ward like where did he pick up this Boston accent? <laughs> yeah, I, could call I guess he I guess he played in Boston for or he coached in Boston. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He's got Sta- the Boston. Stanley Cup champion in Boston. Yeah, there you go. That's why. This is what I learned from being the ass coach of the Boston Browns. <laughs> Listen, if Mike Stone is gonna be playing good defense and blasting lasers. I'm fine with bringing him back. <laughs> yeah, hey. this is this is how this is the season. Michael Stone has been one of your best defensemen. What planet am I on? And it's true. I mean, let's give Michael Stone some credit. It's not like he used to play like this. <laughs> no, he, he sure didn't. So, is this a bounce back? Is this a comeback? I don't see like, man. Sutter has nothing but praise for this guy. He loves him. Stone is just happy to be here. He's definitely getting re-signed next season. If Brad's in charge, he will lock him up for in perpetuity. Like this will be the biggest contract since no, no Alex Ovechkin. You don't know. It's gonna be cheap. He's gonna be cheap. No, he's gonna he's gonna pay his boy. Dude, there's no he's already paid his boy. No, I he's know. still he's... paying his boy double. 
Hey, maybe if anything, was- Michael, Michael Stone's going to be like, you know what? This one's on me. You're still paying me my two bios. <laughs> Everybody's got this Boston <laughs> accent now. <laughs> this one's on me. Oh, that would be a, that would be a good move by Mike Stone. Yeah. You know? like, you, he, yeah, he, maybe- he owes us one for real. Yeah, maybe Lucci should have a word with him, eh? Mike, hey, listen. Uh, if you want everybody to think you're a real great guy, here's what you got to do. Take a little less, Mike. You heard of a hometown discount? Dude, I was I burst out laughing when he blasted that shot in from the right-wing boards tonight. Just like, wow. And you saw it coming, too. Just fucking hammered that thing. I haven't seen it. When's the last time you saw a flame... Slap shot off the rush goal. That was an absolute clapper. I literally and can't think of one. Did, did it hit the stick? It didn't look like it. it I might don't have think so. That was clean, man. Yeah, that looked clean to me. Yeah, it must have been clean because the velocity of that thing, if it had any deflection at all, you would have known. That was clean. Good on him. Yeah. And to clarify, hey, if Michael Stone, if this is the resurgence of Michael Stone, the bounce back of Michael Stone. I don't, I actually don't even mind him in the lineup next season, even. This, he's better, he's better if, than Nestrov. He is. If he can play this well, keep it going, then I'm okay if he's one of our depth defensemen. Yeah. Seventh guy, I'm okay with that. I would, again, 99%, 100% want Shillington and Mackey playing over this guy, but. Listen, if and it's gonna if you're gonna be playing based off of merit, he like hundred percent he deserves to play right now. And it's interesting too because if you look at how bad this team has been defensively prior to Sutter, maybe guys like Michael Stone, and there's another D man as well, but maybe they do fall victim to um, the system because maybe they're not good enough or great enough defensively like Tanev is just to be in the best position at all times yeah. when, when you're always, you know, having to adjust because someone else is at a position. Right. But since the team is playing a much better game defensively under Sutter, um, maybe that has a contributing factor to why we're seeing Michael Stone actually be pretty good. Well, and I think, yeah, this, the, the Sutter thing is definitely helping. Things like yeah. I, he, he, like the team has been pretty much lights out from top to bottom defensively since Daryl took over. Like I haven't checked it in a, in a week or so, but last I checked, they were fourth in like quality shots against in the league since Daryl took over, like fourth best per sixty minutes. So the system, the system, and the structure is helping a lot of guys, and that's even including that terrible stretch that they went on where they lost eight out of nine yep. when they were just adjusting to everything. Yeah. So I, I think that that's what I think is so great about the Sutter system is that everybody's, you're going to get the best out of a lot of guys, like maybe not the best, but I mean, it's almost as if it doesn't matter necessarily who is playing. Right. Because I think that's why we've been so, and I've definitely got way caught, way too caught up in this and like being way too concerned about who's playing where or who's playing in general. In a system like Daryl Sutter's where, you know, it's very structured. 
everybody knows what they're doing. Everybody's on the same page. Yep. It's not going to matter as much. The variability in the lines is, is not going to be as important as it would yep. be with like Jeff Ward, where it's like, for fuck's sakes, Michael Stone is playing 15 minutes a night and he's all over the place and has no idea where to go. It's a little different. Yeah. It's kind of like the Islanders. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, yes, you have can Barzell. You, can you name the bottom pairing D-man on the New York Islanders off the top of your head? Dude, I can't even name a D-man. The only one who pops in my head is Devon Taves, and he's not even there anymore. Like, I guess Pollock is there. Like, I don't even know who they have on defense. You know they're a good defensive team. <laughs> like, like, who's even on their team? They got, I know, obviously, they got Eberle and... And um, Barzell and Barzell, do they still have Lee? Yeah, I think Lee's hurt though. They haven't had him all season. Yeah, he's been they, hurt. They got the what Komarov, the, the beast from <laughs> they got Komarov. They got they got a bunch of guys who, like, if you put them, if you wrote their names down, you wouldn't know if they're like hockey players or just like a plumber. Brock Nelson, you'd be like, are they still playing those guys? Yeah, exactly. JG Pajot. Kate Matt Martin. Tzatziki. Oh, yeah, Matt Martin. So, yeah, stru- I mean, so uh, structure above all. Yeah. And I think, yeah, this that's a great example of what you're saying, right? Under a good coach, under great structure, the bodies, the, the higher skill you get, it just makes your team that much better, right? Uh, above and beyond what the structure can provide for you. Yeah. And it's like, it's real process. Like you remember what dumbass. Yes. Uh, we always have our system. We can fall Just back the on. Well, this Just system the you process. can fall back on. Like, I mean, when Michael Stone is putting up uh, expected goals, four percentage over 50%. I mean, that's a process I can get behind a little bit. So let's get to the game. It's funny. We're doing one game per podcast. It was like four games a podcast. Jeez, oh, man. Throughout the season, now it's now it's just like a week goes by. Hey, what are we playing again? Fuck, it's forever. It's painful almost. Although I have the one thing that it has afforded me is I've finally been able to watch some other games. And yes, I gotta too. say, Ugh. I kind of forgot how good a lot of the other teams are. I watched the Carolina Nashville game yesterday. Holy shit, what a game! So much energy. Two really good teams going at it. I can't wait to watch that playoff series. I know you've been watching a lot of Panthers games. Yeah. I watched Connor McDavid single-handedly dismantle the Vancouver Canucks last night. That was a fun game to watch. Dude. Some, just some good hockey being played. I love, fuck. It's unbelievable, eh? Like, I'm, so he's got two more games left. I love how it's like there's four. He needs four points to hit. He goes into the game with 96 points. Yeah, let's do it tonight. Yeah. Four points. Why not? What's the difference? It's it's almost not fair. Like what an ass, eh? It's it's like you watch every time he's on the ice, it's like he just is gonna score. In his last 10 games, here's his points per game. Four points, three points, two points, four points, three points, zero points, three points. Four points, three points, three points. That is insane. It's ridiculous. So, I don't know. For me, this is a big storyline. Obviously, 
whoever Edmonton plays is probably has the most intrigue for me as far as a series goes, but it's a double-edged sword, right? Because I don't want – the last thing I want to do is watch Edmonton win. So do I even want to watch the games? I'll probably tune in if I see they're down, but fuck. I want a repeat of what happened in the qualifying round last year. Then I'll watch because that's one of the most satisfying – one of the most satisfying, here's how bad the Flames have been in irrelevant. Probably the most satisfying hockey uh, moment in the past two, one and a half, two years was the final moments ticking down in game four of the qualifying round last year <laughs> when the Oilers were being eliminated by the Chicago Blackhawks, who suck. That was awesome. So, I mean, we, you and I have been going back and forth of this. Edmonton could be dangerous, but uh, there's a wild, they have the wild card factor in net. Mike Smith, though, what? I sent you that thing yesterday. He's like the, he's the top three in goaltending this season. By some expected goal models, he's been pretty good in terms of his goals saved above expected. I mean, if you look at the money puck one, he's third, which is a, Mind-blowing. Money Puck's model, um, goal saved above expected per 60 minutes. Leaders are Andre Vasilevsky, one. Connor Hellebuck, two. Mike Smith, three. Marc-Andre Fleury, four. UC Soros, five. That is mind-blowing. And they're living and dying with, with Mike Smith here because you saw the Koskinen outing there, Nate. Miko Koskinen. Is that an NHL record? He tied it. It's been uh, the last time a goalie has been scored on in four, the first four shots in the game, there's been four goals, and then he gets pulled. Was in eighteen uh, or nine, <laughs> sorry, nineteen eighty nine or some shit. That is amazing. Thirty over thirty years hasn't happened. And when I mean, I don't, I don't recall even seeing a goalie let in the first two shots. Or no three. shit, dude. So you know this guy is, has zero confidence. The coach has zero confidence in him. The team has zero confidence in them. So they're living and dying with Mike Smith. And, and like we've said a million times, that is like walking a tightrope. You are always one mistake away, one <laughs> second away from complete and utter disaster. And typically when you get down to the playoffs, everything tightens up so much that those stinkers, man, they come back to haunt you. So remember in game seven, one of my favorite moments of all time game seven, 2006 Stanley cup final or no game seven. She's game one, 2006 Stanley cup final. Um, Oilers are cruising going on an unbelievable run a year after we went on our run. Yep. Looking good. Chris Pronger is amazing. Fernando Pisani, Ryan Smith, all these guys having great, great playoffs. Dwayne Rollison gets hurt in game one games tied. Ty Conklin comes into the net for some reason, decides to come play the puck with like, I don't know, 30 seconds, a minute left, just wanders out of his net, gives the puck away. Rod Brendamore scores. Canes win that game, end up winning that series, obviously. That's, imagine you're in the playoff series and the, the margin of error is Mike Smith wandering around giving the puck away. So you're playing with fire when you're relying on Mike Smith. You don't even have to imagine. Just watch the playoffs. Just watch the playoffs. Just watch any game in the past five years where Mike Smith comes out of his net and screws up. 
So that, that's what I'm holding on to. And geez, like I was watching that game last night. I can't remember who scored the goal in Vancouver, but like dude shoots it. He goes bar down, but like it hits the middle, like literally dead center. Like, you know, when Smith does that thing where he ducks. Yep. He ducks. This, Van- this Vancouver guy literally shoots it like at his face, <laughs> dead center. And it goes bar down and in like he's was bad. that was that after the guy scored from behind the goal line or I think before? I think that was after I think that was the third Vancouver goal. You got to love that goal, too. I don't know, man. I to me, I find it entertaining that Mike they're rolling with Mike Smith as their go to guy rolling to the playoffs like that could totally screw them big time. So we don't even know who Edmonton plays yet. It's going to be either Winnipeg or Montreal. It's not going to be Calgary. <laughs> I think they will decimate either of those teams, to be perfectly honest, even with the Mike Smith factor. So apparently Montreal is just riddled with injuries, eh? Well, what do they got? Weber out, Gallagher out. Price. Apparently Paul Byron's out now. Apparently Deneau's out now. Yeah, Deneau got hurt this week. Stupid goddamn Flames. They could have won two more games against Ottawa this year. Well, there's still a shred of hope. <laughs> We're not hey, even going there. Here's what's going to happen. We all know what's going to happen. Montreal is going to lose both of these games in regulation. Do you think Connor McDavid will get the games off, though? Probably, eh? See, I don't know. I think they will want to get those point totals up. They love that shit in it. Well, well, plus, if you're going to ask Connor McDavid, unless he's yeah. got an injury, he's going to be like, no, I want to play. He wants so, his point totals he up, want, too. He wants to get that insane and whatever plus, he's going to get to. If you're Connor McDavid, you want to be feeling good going to the yeah. playoffs. You don't have all this time off, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, I, they'll play him. I'd be surprised. But, but there's no that. way Edmonton's going to win both games for us. It's just not going to happen. They'll stink one out of the joint. No, I can see. I can be- see. I can see Mike Smith purposely letting goals in. Can you? <laughs> that would be a very Mike Smith thing to do. Anyways, we'll see what happens. If if Montreal loses out, we have to win out. Listen, I just know they're gonna win out because then it'll put the ball in our court, and you no, know they're, they're gonna lose out. You mean? Yeah, Montreal is gonna lose out. You know what's going to happen when the ball's in our court because anytime this team has to do anything on their own, they fall flat on their face. Yeah. So Montreal, they'll play their two games. How many games do we play? While they sorry about that. So while mean. they while they're playing their two games, how many games are we against them? We play zero. We don't play till Thursday. They play both of their games. So they'll be done. Yep. Oh, yeah, okay. It's definitely going to happen. They sure will be done. So they'll, you know, you know they're the- going to win. You're, you you know you're going to lose both they're going to lose both those games. I guarantee it. They're going to put the ball in the Flames court. <laughs> is my thought. Yeah. I so, can't uh, we'll to, to be perfectly honest, I don't see them losing both those games. What did you think of Connor McDavid hitting 100 points? In 54 games? 53, was it? 53 games? I think it was, yeah. I don't even know, man. They threw that stat up there. Because there's only been four other players ever um, to do it in in less time. 
or I guess three, Mike Bossy, Wayne Gretzky, and then Mario Lemieux holds the record. He got 100 points in 38 games. Twice. <laughs> what the fuck? Dude, and then wasn't the one season like the one where he came back from retirement and it was just like, yeah, I'll, I'll play. Probably. Just like literally got off up the coach and just showed up. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. You know what? I'm going to come back. Puts up 100 points in 38 games. What an animal. Sutter, when asked about it, says he's the best player in this league, the best player in the division, and he wins games by himself. He does. Well, dude, you I texted you earlier today. You look at the Oilers. McDavid and Dreisaitl combined have 179 points. The rest of the team doesn't even have that. The entire team combined. That's ridiculous. Yeah, the net. So, because the, the next closest to the, to them is um, Nugent Hopkins with thirty three points or something. McDavid has a hundred. Drysaddle has seventy nine. Nugent Hopkins has thirty three. Dude, I don't know, man. Like, it's obviously the game plan is. Pretty straightforward. Not saying it's easy, but it's simple. You got to shut them down. That's how we've beat them. If you can shut down McDavid and pepper Mike Smith, you got a good chance of winning. Even if you hold McDavid to one or two points, <laughs> even if that's your game plan, okay, just hold him at two points. Because Edmonton has a hard time scoring goals outside of if, if it's not coming from offense driven by him. Well, that's what you got to do. You got to contain him. You can't shut him down. You just have to limit his damage because he's going to do damage. It's just whether or not he's going to torture for 10 goals instead of two. Now, there is a chance that Montreal could finish ahead of Winnipeg. Although Winnipeg still has three games left where Montreal only has two. Winnipeg's up by two points. But... If the the Habs play the Oilers, you got to think that Corey Perry makes his mission to shut down, annihilate, and infuriate Connor Connor McDavid. That'd be kind of interesting to see. Yeah, I I just don't like honestly. I don't know how you stop this guy other than do what the Flames have done and just you like, use shadow. You just shadow him, and you don't let them. You don't take penalties. Like, like, if I'm... Marie, I don't know what to do. I might even just get Ehlers to shadow him, dude. Just somebody who's fast enough to stick with him. Ehlers is fast enough. He might be the only guy faster than McDavid. Um, he's got the skill and the sense. I think he's pretty good defensively, is he not? Ehlers is a great player, yeah, for sure. That might be my guy, although you probably want a centerman. He doesn't play center, does he? Uh, left wing, I think. So, but Maurice knows what to do. I mean, he's old school, so... He's going to know the whole shadow game. They better have a fucking shadow because that's – and stay out of the box. And then pepper Mike Smith. And that's hope – and they have the the Hellebuck factor because – Yes. Could be the, like the one time where goaltending could be an equalizer. I still yeah. think McDavid could, could light him up. But best goalie in the league versus the best player in the entire planet. That could be an interesting matchup. Did you 100%. see Mc? Did you see McDavid's? Somebody posted this. I can't find where it was, but I I know off the top of my head, 
the goalie McDavid has scored the most goals against in his career? No. Our boy Jacob Markstrom. Yeah, I'm sure he was getting lit up in Vancouver. Eh? Fuck. And, and in the Flames uniform, too. Oh, yeah. We From might as well touch on the other other three divisions real quick as we're as we're touching on them. Because what are we going to talk about with the Flames? <sighs> Not much. Your team Nordstrom sucked again tonight. <laughs> so we'll, we'll finish wrapping up the game after we do a quick little uh, yeah. roundup. The um, obviously the, the the series that intrigues me the most is the Florida Tampa. I think that's going to be a really a really good series. You're going to see some good hockey, and then you got our boy Sam Bennett there. Um, so he's coming off an injury. If you if you're watching any of the the Panthers games, I've been pretty keeping pretty close tabs. His first game, he absolutely destroyed Anthony Sorelli in the corner. Was it Sorelli? No. Yeah, it was Sorelli. Yeah, it was Sorelli. And then the his second game, he fought. I don't know who it was, but he he fights some dude sticking up for a high hit on Duclair. Since then, he hasn't really been physical. He's just been dominating the scoreboard. So I don't know, man. If if you're the Panthers and if you're Sam Bennett and you're looking at his body of work. In what has it been? Eleven games. I think he's played thirteen games. Maybe I'll check so right now. What yeah. he's been, oh what, yeah, ten games. I'm sorry, ten games. But he's got, he's got fourteen points or 15 ten games, games. Fifteen points, baby. Wow, more yeah. points than he had. Oh god, he that's more points than he had this year with the Flames, and also more points than he had last year with the Flames. He probably has more power play time than he. In, in this in 10 games with the Panthers than he ever had. He probably his. has more ice time period. <laughs> yeah. And he has. Unbelievable. So I'm keeping close tabs on that. I think the series itself will be good though, because I don't know how um, Tampa has been the biggest juggernaut the last, what, four seasons. And Florida is actually slightly better. Um, in the regular season this season, even though they're close. I will be interested to see Joel Quenville versus yep. John Cooper because this is just kind of like uh, uh, how the Blackhawks used to play, but with some with some different guys, maybe some a, a group of forwards who are bigger and play a bit more physical. So it's kind of like a Chicago Blackhawks reimagined versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. So I think this, this series is going to be bonkers good. And Tampa's big, eh? Oh, yeah. And like when you see Hedman compared to anybody else, is he taller than Zidane? He's like he looks like a giant playing. He's what he's huge. He's like six six, isn't he? He's huge. His skill is through the roof. It's ridiculous. Well, and I mean, like they got guys like Kalorn, Palat. Those guys do not shy away from. Yeah, Marine. Like, it, it is. It is weird. The Lightning do play a bit of. If, if you just looked at it in a vacuum, you'd be like, oh, the Lightning must play similar to like the Leafs, or like they're just pure high skill. Like the Oilers, they play a bit of a different brand of hockey than a lot of the other skilled teams. They they play in the corners. They play in the forecheck a lot. They're yep. not afraid to throw their weight around. They're they're a heavy team. They play kind of like the Flames, but they're just better. They play like the Flames, except, oh, they have a, a lot of top six talent. Yeah. This is actually the, 
I'm sure everybody's heard this, but that's pretty interesting. The first time that these two teams have ever met in the playoffs, the two Florida teams. That's good old NHL nonsense division shit where it's like, holy shit, it's about time. Like these divisional playoffs have not yielded the results they've wanted. Like, I can't believe they've never played in the playoffs against each other. And part of it is because Florida's been dog shit for a lot of years, but forever. Yeah. I can't wait. I think Florida, like Florida has shown to be a pretty, pretty they're, they're exciting. Yeah. They're throwing rats on the ice tonight already. It's pretty sweet. Yes. And anyways, I brought up the, the Bennett thing because he hasn't been looking, playing so physical, especially the last game, but he's coming off the upper body injury. But that's one of his MOs come playoff time. I know he's not going to shy away, but he might be uh, playing through a bit of an injury. So we might not see that factor so much. Yeah. I'm sure he'll still be. I'm sure I'll be throwing his weight around, though, a little bit. Carolina, Nashville, you touched on it. Carolina is the best team in the league. Um, Dude, props to Nashville because they, they were worse than us. Yep early on in the season and they came back and they what a comeback seriously and i mean that's a team that's built from like i I was watching that game yesterday roman yossi is unbelievable uc sorrows unbelievable that's a team that's built from that's a team who when they say our priority is defense and goaltending you can get behind that because that back end and that goaltender, so good, man. That was they 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 were fun. The game I watched yesterday, anyways, hell of a game to watch. They were fun, and they are hot. And I mean, you can't underestimate that yeah. factor heading into the playoffs when you're on a roll. Yeah, totally. You got the Vegas Golden Knights versus St. Louis Blues. Potential upset. I don't St. know. Louis, I'm I'm St. I'm not super high in the Blues personally. Yeah, that's the thing is St. Louis has taken a bit of a step back, and the Vegas Golden Knights have not. The night the Knights look, the Knights and the Avs look like they're on a collision course here again. But I don't know. I'm not a huge St. Louis guy. They can't score enough, and I don't know. It's kind of weird. Like their defensive game has kind of fallen off. Like they're kind of like middle of the pack, it seems, but. They just don't do, they don't really do it for me. Like they haven't improved since winning the cup at all. I don't know. Bennington's not been very good. I like I I think Vegas is gonna have a pretty easy time disposing of them. The Avs in Minnesota, this might be the Oh hot the, damn. This might be the the dark horse of like the series to watch. Minnesota could be the dark horse. Minnesota has played great hockey this year. How are the Minnesota Wild more fun to watch than we are? Yeah, I can't tell, but man. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, the Kaprizov thing just shows you, like, if the Flames could just get their shit together and get one more player in here, like, because he's pretty much, like, I don't want to say single-handedly. There's a lot of guys playing good hockey on that team this year. But you get a guy like that who is a legit top-line scorer, and you could be a contending team. That's been the difference for them this season. Like, again, they've had good goaltending. Their defense has always been really solid. They've got some really good breakout players, Eric Sinek, guys like that. But, I mean, they're nothing without Kaprizov. Dude's been a monster, and it's so fun to watch. 
Imagine, yeah. imagine. I mean, they drafted him, but I mean, imagine adding a top line score to your team and seeing results. Probably pretty nice. Eh? Weird how that works. So the abs, we all know they're high octane offensively. I was watching them the other night. They do tend to give up a lot of chances, like high danger chances. I don't, I don't know if it was just the one game I was watching, um, but I'm curious to see where they fare kind of league wide in terms of how many high danger chances they give up. Well, I think they do give up. They trade chances a little bit, but I'm looking on natural stats are great narrow and per 60 minutes, they're actually the best team in terms of giving them up. So I think over the, over the course of the year, they've been pretty, they're playing a, they're playing a similar style probably to when, you know, Bill Peters had us be the best offensive team in the league where it's like, they just spend so much time in the offensive zone. Yeah. That it's not even a factor. Maybe it was a one-off game. Only Dude, this is going to be one of the best playoffs ever. Like, it's insane to me that these are the matchups. Like, Colorado-Minnesota is going to be bonkers good. That's going to be so fun to watch. Then in the Mass Mutual East. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, this is interesting because you don't have everything settled. Pittsburgh's played their entirety of their games. I'm not sure if they hold the tiebreaker, but they have 77 points. Washington could tie them. Um, it looks like the Pittsburgh's have Pittsburgh would have more wins. So it looks like maybe Pittsburgh has it. Yeah. Pittsburgh has it clinched. So it's going to be Washington and Boston Pittsburgh versus uh, the Islanders. I mean, it's kind of weird to see Pittsburgh atop. Like would have anybody have pegged Pittsburgh atop that division this this like at the beginning here of the year. we are again. Yeah. Pittsburgh and Washington, the two best teams in the division. Again. It's in it's insane, man. What do you think and of Boston? Because they seem to take a, Boston, a dude. bit of a step back, but I think Boston is the team in this division. Yeah. Well, they add, what did they at the deadline they added Taylor Hall, Mike Riley, and and uh who the fuck else? Somebody else. Kurt Lazar, man. Oh yeah, Lazar, who's actually pretty good. He's been pretty good with them, yeah. Like, I just, I love Boston. I, I, If you look at all of those teams, they have the fewest weaknesses because Pittsburgh's goaltending is still suspect. Their defense is still really suspect. Washington, ah, I don't know. I mean, pretty cool to see Chara versus the Bruins, eh? That would be amazing. Series. I just see Boston as a team who's just going to, like, not that they're a dark horse, but they're kind of like a team that, like, like, the other sexier teams are like, oh, yeah, Colorado's going to win or Vegas is going to win or like Toronto or even Edmonton. It's like Boston's could be the team that's like when it's all said and done, it's like, yeah, they win the cup. Big surprise. Because like, have you been watching them lately? Bergeron is still an absolute monster. Well, so is Marshawn. I think, yeah. I think the, the difference maybe this season in the standings wise is Pasternak hasn't scored a thousand goals. Like those two guys are just on another planet. When you look at like, they just do everything. Like it's unreal. Those two guys, it's incredible. You got Raskin net. Your defense is looking pretty nice. And you added Taylor Hall. Who's rolling like the Krejci Hall line. Yeah. So I like Boston a ton. That play from Krejci uh, the other night, you just see that where he dangled two oh, guys yeah. and fed it over to Hall. That was unbelievable. I mean, they got guys like Craig Smith there. I think their defense is pretty underrated. So, yeah, I'm and, a big uh, I'm a big Boston believer. We'll have to keep tabs on on Wilson. 
Tommy Tommy W. Any update on him today? I, I haven't seen anything. I wasn't really looking, but he goes down with a knee on knee. They call it um, accidental, incidental. I don't know if it looked pretty incidental. I don't think there was any intention behind it, but he's been a target. So I don't, I don't know. But is that just the hockey gods? Is it just karma? That's definitely hockey gods. It's like hockey gods one, George Peros zero. <laughs> How does George Peros become the head of a, a player safety anyways? Dude, you know that Batman was picking um, based on best mustache. Like, it makes no sense to me. Like, he's just like, oh, it's a tough guy in charge or some shit. I don't even know what that is about. Like, what what credentials does he have? You go from, like, Brendan Shanahan to George, George Peros? I don't get it. Tell me, man. Best mustache. Best mustache. All right. So, let's get back to the Flames. Um, unless, yeah, we're not even getting into what their, what their chances are. Everybody knows. But we'll cover the game tonight real quick. Um, new lines. That was the the most interesting thing coming into the game. Obviously, with Monahan on the wing, right? What did you I, think when you first saw Monahan on the wing, centered by Ryan, and it was Dubé right on the other flank? Yeah. Well, I mean, like it's kind of been a fl- a, f- a topic that's maybe kind of been floated out. Like, why don't you move Monahan to the wing? He sucks at center, anyways. Like, well, seriously, <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah, that is, it makes perfect sense if you think about it, <laughs> you know, like that was Monaghan's best game I've seen for as long as I can remember. He was actually good. <laughs> so I think that's an absolute if Sean Monaghan's on this team next season, I think he should be 100 percent on the wing. Do you not agree? thousand percent bring what does he bring he brings zero value to you the center and maybe what Sutter's doing right now is maybe he's sending the message to Brad like you know what we need another another top center in because imagine if you could do that if you could that's this is how we've always said it your center um your center depth and how these guys slot in your lineup is what fucks you it's really the center but by moving Monaghan to the wing, it actually fixes that if you can bring in another guy. I st- you still need another center because, again, what you're going to run into, because, again, if everybody knows my thoughts on Lindholm. Very good player, but he's still not that guy. If you just go Lindholm-Backland or Lindholm-Ryan or whoever at center next year, you're going to be in the same problem. You're, you're not solving the problem again. So, yep. um, listen, I... Uh, I think moving Sean Monaghan to the win. If he's on the team next year, that's the best thing you can do for him. 100%. I've, I don't understand why it hasn't been done previously because, like, again, like, what, do you, what does he do as a centerman? He doesn't skate well. He doesn't drive play. He doesn't win face-offs. He doesn't retrieve pucks. He's pretty – he's Phil Kessel if Phil Kessel played center. He can score. That's it. So – I'm perfectly happy to see him on the wing for the for the rest of his time in Calgary. And yes. shit, I, I love Derek Ryan as, as on it as a centerman. I think Derek Ryan. I don't think Derek Ryan. Derek Ryan should be the second line center on a good NHL team, but I don't think he's the fourth line center on an NHL team. If this is something that sticks with Monaghan, then it's going to be pretty interesting, right? Because 
if you look at the the total drop off with Sean Monahan in this past two seasons, it's been in direct correlation with the team and the coaching staff trying to shift the team's play as a whole to be more defensively. And in doing so, they've you've heard it so many times. Oh, yeah, they're working with Sean Monahan, blah, 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 like trying to turn him into the next Patrice Bergeron, trying to make him and Johnny Gaudreau defensive um, two-way players now. I mean, if you're looking at Sean Monahan through his career, the reason why they never put him on the wing in the, in the past because who cares? Him and Johnny were producing at such an unbelievable rate offensively. It didn't really yeah. matter so much defensively because they could outscore all the defensive blunders. Yeah. And for whatever reason, the assessment of 18-19 was, no, we don't want to score anymore. Yep. We want to play defense. And oddly enough, you get them to focus on defense, their offensive production goes down. So I not just da- Not just down, way plummets. down. It plummets. So I just find it interesting that, okay, that was Jeff Ward's solution was to, you know, play Sean Monahan, put him in all the defensive face-offs, make him in, you know, trying to get him to be a better two-way player. And you saw the digression of Sean Monahan. And then now you're like, yo, well, what do you do with him now? Imagine how if that was all it took, you just move him to the wing. It's like Ward would have never thought of that. He's trying to make him into Patrice Bergeron, Sutter after whatever, 15 games, just like, let's move him to the wing. Hey, he thought about moving Backlund, who's only been on the team's like actual best center for the past five years to the wing, though. (laughs) Yeah. So if this actually sticks and works, it's going to be a pretty interesting comparison between the two coaches. Yeah. And I I don't know about you, but like, I just kind of, I don't know. Like, to me, it's quite clear that if one guy is moved, it's going to be Monaghan. Because you've seen yep. Chucky Lindholm and Gaudreau stick together and look pretty damn good together. So yeah. all I'm but saying is if he's get- here, if he's here next year, I would much prefer to see him on the wing. If this if and I guess we'll see here. If he stays there for the last four games, we'll see how it goes. But yeah. Which again, I think it's great because then it really opens the door of like if Sutter's like, hey, I'm playing him on the wing next year season, you better go get another centerman. Yeah, maybe it's another like, hey, dipshit. I'm just exposing a huge hole in our lineup. We don't have any centermen. And you know, Daryl is huge on depth through center. It's one yep. of the first things he mentioned. You look at his LA teams. I mean, he had Kopitar, Stoll, guys like that. So he is, he relies heavily on his centermen. Yeah. So there's some late season tinkering that. I'm liking because it's yeah. setting them up for the next season. Yeah. Totally. Kind of like the only thing I was going to say about the whole Monahan thing in this, in the off season is like, he might not be the guy because who's going to take a risk on Sean Monahan at this point. And for what do you get in return? Yeah. You're in a tr- tough situation. You'd be in a situation where you trade him for somebody who's of equal declining value, which is like, you're just taking another risk on. So. And it's funny because, you know, we, we brought this up with, with Daryl Sutter in terms of what's he doing all, you know, with all these moves, right? One of the questions, you know, that the media asked him in terms of, you know, with the season ending, yada, yada, he's just like, I coach to win every game. I coach to win every game. So he's still trying to win every game. So all this stuff you're seeing, right? 
So Nordstrom on the wing with Backlund and Mangiapane. We've kind of seen that, right? It's nothing really new. Daryl, if you're trying to win every game, though, like please just send Joachim Nordstrom home. He's got to be the next one, eh? Like, I'm not trying to be a dick, but like, and I mean, I'm not, he wasn't bad and he hasn't been bad, but it's just like, he's so useless. Yeah. I mean, if you're on this topic of the roster's not good enough, like definitely falls into that category. It's just like every time the puck gets on his stick, it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, anyways, he, at least he can, at least he can skate. Yeah. But it's true. I mean, you watch him and even he made a couple, actually, he made one great pass to. Yeah, that was true. He set that guy up in the slot who didn't shoot the puck. Yeah, Mangiapane. Here he is all alone again. Dude. I think I'm going to pass it to a guy that's in a worse position than I am. That's the biggest flaw of Mangi's game right now. Number one, can't finish. Number two, doesn't shoot when he should. Get that shot volume up. Get shooting. Yeah. Just like Johnny. Yeah. He's shooting everywhere now. All the time. Ringing it off he, post. He's sniping. I think he realizes he's a goal scorer now. Yeah. 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 He finally got... He, yeah. 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 You finally put Richie on the fourth line where he belongs. And it's interesting because Lucic has, even though he's had a really good season... He's found his way onto the fourth line, which is probably where he belongs. I mean, well, and it's where he belongs for the betterment of the team, in my opinion. Yeah. We've always said this. It's not like having Lucic on the fourth line is no slight to Lucic. Right? Like, it's no like, oh, yeah, you suck on the fourth line. It's like, I think that's where we've seen him be most effective in his in his time in Calgary. Totally. It's- just playing on the fourth line. Like he, you can rely on him in his own zone. He can chip in offensively and he can play up and down the lineup sometimes. But if you have a full healthy roster, I think Lucic is the best suited for the fourth line role. Yeah. Glenn Godden comes in. He plays center, right? On the fourth line. Yeah. There's that one chance, man. He's all alone. This is right before the, the stone goal. All alone. Dude, all you had to do was make one little fake. And deke it across, but I get it. The CNHL, it's your first game. He gets a point in his first. He has his first point tonight. Since. Didn't he play? Didn't he play one game earlier this season and Ward bench him for like two? He played like two minutes in Toronto or something. Yeah, I don't think that was his first NHL game. But that was his first point. Yeah, first point. But I'm just trying to think. When else did he play this season? I don't, know if, I don't recall him. I remember he played in Toronto. Yeah, he's played six games this year. Wow, I had what? I, I thought he had only played one. Whew. Whew. And he's 24. He's not a spring chicken to steal a phrase from you. No spring chicken. Wearing yeah. uh, Sergei Makarov's old number 42. And they had Shillington slots back in. Valimaki out. Nesterov and Stone stay in. <laughs> okay, if you were going to, at the start of the season, tell me that Shillington and Valimaki would be um, out of the lineup in favor of Stone and Nestrov. I would have said, give your head a shake. I would have said, no, I totally believe you because that's the most Calgary Flames thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. Although Stone deserves to be. Well, yeah, I was texting, I was texting you before the game in jest being like, I don't know what I, I said, like 
Sutter has a hate on for Valimaki. And you're like, yeah, because he's fucking sucked. <laughs> he has under Sutter. He has. And, and maybe part of it is because of Sutter, right? Because he he's hasn't just been given away the ice time for him. He, right. He's been he's been sitting him quite a bit. But yeah, he has sucked. Yeah, he's not been very good. So who was Shillington paired with? He was a stone most of the night, wasn't he? Can't remember. And then so who was Nasty with? Oh, yeah, Holy fuck. I, I, can't, totally, I, I didn't I even, totally honestly, I, okay, in a good way tonight, I didn't yeah. even notice Rasmus Anderson. Yeah, in a good way. In a good way for once. Yeah, it was Nestroff and Anderson, Shillington and Stone. I thought Shillington was okay. I mean, it's his first game in a while. I, I agreed with what Daryl said. He said after the game, he said something to the effect of he's got a really good skill set. It's just a matter of, uh, bringing that on a shift to shift basis. I agree with that. Yeah. So let's go through the, let's rapid fire these goals before we go. So geo, what a fucking Pat. How good was geo tonight? Dude. Okay. Seriously. Geo has been not dynamite, but he has been pretty great since getting away from Rastus Anderson. He's yep. been good. He has been absolutely marked of old. No, I don't want to say second half in pro- second half proper, but like last last twenty games, he's been good. So, what does that do to your strategy going into the expansion draft? Change it? Ah, uh, I don't think so. Does it for you? How how can it? You can't let twenty games of decent play change your change your strategy. I think. Well, and you can't you can't risk losing a guy like Hannafin or Rasmus Anderson just to keep Geo for who knows how much longer he can keep this up. I still think the likely scenario is he's exposed, but you're paying Seattle to not take him. You're giving them a pick to not take him. That's probably what's going to happen, which I think is stupid, but whatever. Yeah, it's pretty risky for them to take him, so they might not. But anyways, <laughs> unbelievable pass from deep in your own end to spring Johnny Gaudreau on the on the breakaway. The way he took that pass, man, that, like, that is... To catch that pass, look, it was a pretty perfect pass, but just the way that he was skating into it on his backhand, man, and to keep your speed up. I know he fumbled it a bit, but he got control of it late and did the only – it's funny. The only time he scores backhand 5 hole, and he did it last year against, uh, I guess, two seasons ago. I don't know. Yeah, it was 18-19 against Tampa Bay, tied up late. The only time that works is when he has no other option. <laughs> It reminded me, yeah, the Tampa Bay 5-5 goal in 2018-2019. It was almost an exact replica of that goal. Yeah, man, he's looked good, eh? Dude, he has been dynamite. What has he got, 15 points in his last 13 games? Fuck. Do not trade this guy. Like, for the love of God, he's one of the few guys you got going. His skill set is not declining. He is only getting better. Man, he's looked good. Speaking of looking good, speaking of buzzing, uh, Kachuk again, even before he scored his goal. Yeah. He like that shift before he scored, he was just fucking buzzing all over the place. In the fabric of the game, baby. Yeah. And man, how many times have you seen Sean Monahan? Maybe not to the extent that Chucky did it. Cause Sean Monahan's usually just pushing off, pushing off guys to get a, get that little space in the slot. And Johnny yeah. usually feeds him, but Chucky, man, who was that? Who was that guy? No, Ottawa Defenseman? Yeah, I can't remember who it was. Yeah, I think 
Yeah, he there was like three or four guys around him. But um, he he knows that the pass is probably coming, and so he goes and eliminates the Ottawa defenseman by pushing him basically into his own net to get alone for the to get his, his stick free to get the one time little. That was awesome. Yeah, that was awesome, and that's a perfect example. And he was talking about it in his post game too, saying like he knew a pass was coming. And he was going to do everything to to make sure he had a little extra space. It's like that's what I'm talking about when it's like that's why I've been we've been banging the drum for Kadrom and Kachuk to play together because they're both really smart offensive players. You know, not a lot of guys are thinking that. Like, right? Like that puck comes to Brett Ritchie, he's got his thumb up his ass and doesn't even see it coming. So, dude, yeah, no kidding. Who did pass that to him? Johnny. Oh wow. Yeah. Wow, that was a sick goal. So before that, Backlund gets one. <laughs> wow, it's amazing when you hit the net, hey? Eh? Michael, Backlund must be listening. Michael, just keep hitting the net, bud. Don't close your eyes. Don't shoot as hard as you can. Just hit the net. It goes in. Amazing. We touched on the stone blast. Um, dude. That was some Jerome McGinley shit right there. The goals tonight were just awesome. Oh, man. How about this was probably my favorite one of the night, though. Oh, absolutely. Derek Ryan absolutely dangles some guy entering into the zone to find my low-key favorite Calgary Flame, Dylan Dubé. This guy's got 10 goals this season. Just, Just snipes it. Snipe show. I love his shot. He hit, yeah, you know what? That's a really good point. He has a very, like, what what would you say? It's a snapshot that's heavy and pinpoint and just like it's, it's like, finish. Yeah, it's like a fucking cannon. Like, remember those goals he was scoring in the playoffs against Dallas that were just like, oh, just like hits the net, just like a beautiful, it's like, you can hear it. It makes that sound when it hits the pad and it comes back out like the center ice after. It's, it's like, like oh. a perfectly hit baseball when it's just like yes. smacks and you can just, oh, yeah, it's so satisfying. Yeah. He's a goal scorer, man. Yeah, totally. He is. Maybe not. Uh, like he'll, he'll, he'll score 20 goals for sure. Right? Oh, I, th- I think. Well, prorated, he'd be close this year. He's a 20 goal scorer for Absolutely. sure. Yeah. And then... Um, you got a power play goal. Okay, let's talk about this new look on the power play. So he had Backlund on PP1, goes back to four forwards. Sean Monahan's not on there. He's got Backlund on there. Backlund actually looked pretty good. Geo does a sick pass from Chucky and one hell of a snipe. I I have to laugh every time Geo shoots from the point, but nice snipe, bud. Well, that wasn't from the point. He got in. He got in low. That's where well, see, walk. that's when it works, right? Is that yeah. like, there's you overload that side and he can walk right in. Yep. And if you want to be a threat, you got to get close. You can't be shooting from your back foot. Like exactly. the, the, Jer- the Jerome McGinley special back foot leg kick. That pretty much wraps up the game. Anything else you want to touch on? Uh, I don't think so. So um, we'll see what happens. Like you said, most likely Montreal will lose both. And I mean, they're not going to play Koskinen again, are they? Probably just to screw with us. There's, I don't see, 
I think Miko Koskinen is going to be shot into the moon. Dude, poor guy. <laughs> so let's Ugh. let's you know what? I do hope the Oilers win both these games because if we have to watch four games of like guaranteed, like I don't it's not gonna happen. But even if there's like a glimmer of like okay, give me like some reason to be invested in this. Yeah, or make- or if or if the Oilers win and they start playing Matt Phillips or Rosichka, my my nightmare is the Oilers win one or Montreal wins game eliminates us and we don't see any lineup changes. Yeah, hopefully it's still interesting to the bitter end. 